Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. So welcome uh, to Nick Whitaker, documentation manager at Walters Clover Health, a global leader in information services and solutions for professionals in the health tax and accounting risk and compliance finance and legal sectors welcome nick to knowledgeable ninjas podcast thanks for having me hi thank you how are you good thanks great great so let's uh, get started with our uh, podcast now so please share how you initially got into documentation sure um i i started off in publishing uh writing and editing books then i worked in media monitoring for a while and uh the technical writing um i was head hunted because i have a lot of experience um with different uh speaking foreign languages and studying them and uh my boss's boss believed that if you had a good understanding of latin and ancient greek it would help you with technical writing so i think that's how i got the job fantastic it's a it's a nice story to hear hmm. so what's your process uh, again uh, against documentation and who is involved in your organization so i have daily meetings with uh, the software developers and qa and the product owner so that i always know what's being worked on um i have access to the qa environment so i can see things as soon as the developers have um worked on them and i can document things as quickly as possible before release um i'm also in charge of all of the translations for not only um all documentation but all the ui text so we have a medical research platform available in nine languages and i have to collect all the translations for any ui changes um in advance of releases fantastic so can i ask you how many languages you will, you know personally uh let's see i'm I'm pretty good at English obviously, French. I've studied Italian for a couple of years, Spanish for one year. I have a GCSE in Russian. Um I've studied bits and bobs of other languages over the years. I studied Latin for 11 years, ancient Greek for 7. Um and I try to use languages whenever I can. So the last few years when I've gone traveling on holiday, um I've been going to former uh Soviet countries and using my Russian. So we went to Azerbaijan and Georgia this summer. Fantastic. So I just quickly counted it's close to 7 <laughs> mm-hmm. without including the ones you've not mentioned. Super. So coming back to our podcast, so what are the important factors to consider when creating documentation for your SaaS business or any kind of business to say? Um well, I mean certainly for my business and I think for most businesses these days you need to write something that's clear and can be translated easily so you you can't use idioms you can't use sayings in english that won't translate well um 
Equally, you need to write in the active voice wherever possible and cut down on any unnecessary words. Um, you want your message to be clear and to come across immediately. Fantastic. Clear and precise. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So um, after hearing uh, how passionate you are about documentation, so what do you think uh, uh, does documentation uh, play a vital role in your customer service or success strategy? Um, I think since since uh, implementing modern searchable help files, we've noticed a decrease in the number of calls and emails to customer service asking basic questions. Kind of, you know, how do I perform a search? Well, if that's not in the help file, I can understand why customers would ask it. But now that we have a useful help file, they can go and search quickly and figure out how to do things themselves. And our customers are much happier if they can help themselves, if they can um, support themselves in that way. So we've noticed in our NPS scores, um, they've gone up as the documentation has got better. Great, great. Uh, now, uh, just to let you know, a lot of my um, uh, customers or prospects, whoever I did this podcast, has struggled to answer the next two questions. Uh, okay. But I'm really looking for some kind of different answer from your side. So what kind of reduction in workload have you seen since introducing quality documentation? Now, I know you partly answered this in the previous question, but mm -hmm. uh, any other points uh, you would like to highlight? So we single source our documentation. Um, partially because we've single sourced one of our search platforms. So our, our main search platform is called Ovid and we have a version just for nurses and nursing students called Nursing at Ovid. So I've done the same thing with the help files. I've single sourced the help from Ovid and then I have a scaled down version for Nursing at Ovid. So any development that's shared between the two flat platforms, I can document once and then it goes into two different help files. So it'll save me having to write things out twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's a good uh, that 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 must have reduced quite a lot of um, activities for you, right? Yes, I mean, if I had to produce a, a nursing help file from scratch, it would take me months. <laughs> True. So, have you seen a direct ROI since adopting a self-service knowledge base? And how do you normally measure this? Because a lot of a lot of a lot of our people struggle to measure the ROI. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a lot of um, we track all of our websites so we can see if customers are using them, um, how long they spend on a page, where, uh, where they're coming from, so if they're coming from Google or if they're coming from one of our sites, and where they go afterwards. So we have a good idea of how popular our websites are. So we have a, um, a self-service knowledge base that's customer-facing and has about 650 commonly asked questions and their answers. And because we can see how many thousand hits we get a month, we have a good idea of um, how popular it is, and equally when the number of emails and calls goes down that would have otherwise had to answer those questions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we can see the ROI there. Fantastic. We also have a number of mm -hmm. um, questions on the knowledge base that would direct customers to our search platform or to other websites that we've built so that they can um, continue their research that way. Great. Yeah. I think that's a good way of uh, seeing a direct impact of quality documentation. Super. So are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Yes. Um, I mean, the, the knowledge base is very popular. And I think some years ago, we merged a couple of divisions um, within Walters Kluwer. So um, we took over all of, well, not we took over, we merged with uh, the 
the publishing arm of the business. So that added, uh, they had a separate knowledge base of their own, and we brought the two together. So customers um, may be searching for things to do with medical research, or they may be searching as a, um, a writer themselves if they write um, articles for medical journals, say. Um, and we've noticed that there is some crossover between the two roles. So I think it helps having all of that knowledge in one place for customers. Great. Super. So I think that brings us to this rapid fire round. So who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Uh, I think it was my first boss's boss. Um, he'd spent a long time putting together a style guide to teach us how to be better writers. And he'd taken bits from different sources. So some from the Chicago Manual of Style, some from Elements of Style, which I think is Strunk and White. Um, and he'd, he'd compiled this whole thing into one web page, but he, it was also shot through with humor. So it wasn't dry or difficult to read. It was quite fun. Um, a lot of writing is kind of bearing in mind who are you writing for and how do you keep it interesting? Um, mm-hmm. And I think he inspired me with that. All right. So can you share a documentation-related resource you have consumed recently? Um, let's see. I I have a document I keep referring to called How to Write Better Right Now. Um, okay. I will try to send you a URL at the end. Sure, sure. Sure, great. So what's the one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Um. I think if you're starting off, it doesn't matter what you're writing as long as you're getting into the habit of writing. Um, if you write something every day, even if it's not, if you, you know, the content may not be brilliant, but as long as you get into the habit of writing, it'll make it easier for you. Um, and always make sure to read what you've written afterwards. Um, I think I naturally have an editorial mindset, so it can be difficult to get started because I'll immediately start correcting what I've written. <laughs> and I have to switch that part of my brain off and just let the words flow. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, this is something that we get taught at school as well, isn't it? Whenever you write mm. something, just make sure you follow the sentence rules and you it makes sense what you've written. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> so what kind of books do you normally write? Uh, because you said you are an author as well. Yeah, so I, I haven't written books for a while. I was uh, I worked in children's publishing initially, so I was writing children's books. Uh, they were non-fiction books to help children um, learn English better. Oh, okay. So again, related to learning languages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic. Nice. Nice to know, Nick. Anything else you would like to add to this uh, podcast or to this community? Um, I think the main thing as a writer that you need to remember is who am I writing for and why do they care about what I've written? There's so much content out there that you need to make your information stand out. Um, you can do that not only with the, the language you use, the words you've chosen, but you know some well-placed graphics or um, useful, uh, something to catch the eye will really help you. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that's taking us to the end of the podcast. Uh, I know it is it's a very quick one, but uh, you made it very, very easy to understand and um when I was reading your LinkedIn profile, I was thinking, okay, it's covering wide range of uh, industries. So how do you manage? So how do you manage your day? <laughs> um, I think that I need to remember that there's 
there's only so much I can do in each day. There's always more work than I can physically do. So I have to prioritize things in terms of, um, you know, if I'm doing some work on a project that isn't for the main um, platform, the, the kind of flagship product of the um, company, then I may need to put it on a back burner, as it were. So I, um, I always need to keep in mind what's the most important product I work on, um, who's asked me for this piece of work. So if it's say, my boss, or my boss's boss, then that takes priority over someone else. Um, also, um, I think one of the best things about working where I do is how willing people are to help each other. Mm-hmm. So um, for a lot of the UI translations, I don't go to an external agency and, and pay them hundreds of pounds. I just ask my colleagues who are native speakers to help me out with French or German or simplified Chinese or Japanese or Korean or whatever. Um, and they do that for me. And it makes it much faster and much easier because they already have a good understanding of the search platform. Whereas an external translator won't necessarily have a background, well, probably won't have a background, to be honest, in medical publishing, say. Mm-hmm. True. Fantastic. So I think uh, that's it, Nick. So how's your experience uh, been? You've done a post- podcast now. So how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I feel good. It was fun. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.